0: I'd be yeah. I'd be an absolute fool if I said oh no like I'm I'm really <laughs> confident in this like I I know everything there is to know I have no idea no. like even till now like before we started I'm still trying to figure out trouser patterns
1: yeah.
0: like I'm I'm really still trying to figure out how darts work I'm still trying to figure out how to use certain tools I'm still trying to figure out how to sew zips on properly like it's been a huge process but i've loved every part of it because it's really shown that you, whatever you put your mind to you can do it yeah i haven't tu- i hadn't touched a sewing machine since year 8 i've only been sewing for just over a year now
1: Hi, everybody! Welcome to Designer to Designer, a podcast where we dive into deep, candid conversations with fashion designers, professionals, and entrepreneurs. As a fashion designer and entrepreneur myself, the journey has sometimes been lonely, but I get over the tough times by being in good company. My mission is to make sure you never feel lonely again as you grow your fashion empire. I'm your host Rebecca Tembo founder of self-titled jumpsuit label and the entry platform a platform for aspiring designers to develop their skills within entrepreneurship design and mindset if you enjoy this podcast episode please leave a review subscribe and share it with somebody you feel would benefit from this without further ado let's get into today's episode. Happy New Year's, designers. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we made it through 2020 and we're here, it's 2021. And I'm so excited to go back to giving you guys new episodes every single week on designer to designer. Um, If you guys follow me on social media, then you'll know that it has been such a busy period. I released my book, Stumbling Into Personal Branding, which just took off and did really, really well. You can go and purchase that online. And we also released a coarsely, productivity planner as well which was just something I really wanted to do last year but I didn't really know how I was going to do it and um, I had to figure out funding and all these kind of things and at the end of the year I was just like we need to get this done it's nearly Christmas I just I really wanted to pursue it and magically in six weeks turned it around and we release our planners which have done incredible they've nearly sold out but you can go and grab one on the website as well and um, but yeah I'm just so excited to get back into this and just provide you guys with as much gems and inspiration from all of our guests and this week we have, drumroll, Yasmina O. So Yasmina O. is a women's wear fashion designer from London whose brand Vinovsky launched right in the middle of the UK's first lockdown so this was a very very testing period Originally on the path to be a lawyer, Yasmina stumbled into the fashion world when she had a wedding to attend in 2019. She didn't want to pay a glassy price for a mandatory traditional garment. And if you guys are aware, sometimes you have to wear traditional wear to some of these weddings, and it can be quite expensive because you have to purchase the fabric and also get it made by tailor. So she decided to make the outfit herself. Bearing in mind, she hadn't touched a sewing machine since year eight, which is 13 years old. So using YouTube, she taught herself how to sew, and the rest is history. Join us as we speak about overcoming your fears, launching during a pandemic, and how a made-to-order brand runs a pre-order system. If you love this episode, please leave a review, subscribe, and share it with somebody who will appreciate today's message. Welcome to the podcast, Yasmina. Do you mind introducing yourself to our audience, let them know who you are, and just a little bit about your brand? Hi, everybody. I'm Yasmina. Um, I'm the owner of Lovsky.
0: My brand is really, really focuses on empowering the modern day women. I feel like for years, women just get bashed for what they wear. So yeah, I created something because I, I just like to wear whatever I want. So I created a brand so that women can just, yeah, just flaunt what they have and just be confident in doing so.
1: Amazing I love that so you actually have a degree in law and you went to the University of Leicester if I'm correct and then you have a master's in law business and management law commendation am I correct? That is right Yep. Yeah. yeah so quite a bit and it's very lawy or corporate <laughs> so what kind of made you study something of a completely different subject but still want to pursue fashion? So I've always wanted
0: to be within the corporate slash law world fashion really do you know what it was something that just didn't I don't think it ever came natural to me so growing up I wasn't the most fashionable I might have had a lot of the most like I don't know the newest stuff or like the the in-season clothes but I didn't really know how to match it well my mum did that <laughs> so like my mum was more of the fashionista cool. out of the two of us you know, I always liked law, and me jumping into fashion—it really was just literal jump in like the Atlantic Ocean.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So no raft, no, no like, oh, what am I going to do if this fails? Because I didn't really care. Yeah, I just did it because I—I I tell you what, I started dabbling in fashion because a friend of mine, her mum, got married last year, yeah. and i me being the um i wouldn't say stingy but i didn't want to pay the huge cost that the tailor was gonna charge me because it was so last minute i got the fabric quite last minute Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so i was like okay what can i I, i'll use the money to buy a sewing machine and i'll just let, let me just start what like whatever let me just let me just start yeah, I managed to actually sew the dress and I hadn't touched the sewing machine since about year eight textiles.
1: Wow.
0: So I was like, okay, cool. Let me, let me, cause you know, like with Nigerian weddings, they've got extravagant fabric. Sometimes the fabric can be quite delicate as well. So I thought, like, yeah, let me just, let me just do this. Why not? And I did it and I, and I liked it. Yeah. And then, yeah, like at that time I was also working in a law firm. So I was juggling having to make the dress whilst also working nine to five and sometimes nine to six. Mm. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I felt like I just liked fashion a lot more and I, and I liked using my hands. I've always known that I've liked using my hands anyway. I've always liked DT. I've always liked, I liked textiles, but not that much. Um, I like getting my hands, I'd say getting my hands dirty. I like painting. I like not actual, like, artistry painting, but, like, painting the walls in my house, for example. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, I don't know. Me, I haven't necessarily made the switch from law to fashion because I'm still very much interested in law. Mm-hmm. But definitely for now, I'm just so in love with how my brand has just, like, I just, I'm just in love with the process. I'm in love with the design process and, yeah, everything that is involved with this brand.
1: Amazing. That's so interesting because, like you said, so in school, like you like DT, you've always been good mm-hmm. with your hands, and that you always find those links to your childhood or your younger yeah. years, and then how it comes back to life when you're older. That's quite interesting. Mm-hmm. But then your love for the law side, and it kind of goes with me. Like I'm good with my hands, and I've always been quite creative. But then I love business as well Mm -hmm. but paired together is so good because law is something that would factor into any any business at all so it's such a huge advantage that you are passionate about it and Mm -hmm. studied it and it will definitely help you um long term in the future so okay so you had a wedding to go to taylor was charging quite a bit i can imagine (laughs) and you wanted to do it yourself and that's basically how it all blossomed which is i've never heard a story like that so that's really cool (laughs) cool so then when did the brand fully start when did you decide like okay i'm actually going to create something and i'm going to have a logo and i'm going to put it out there on social media and, you know tell the whole world hmm. Do you know it was shortly after the wedding okay
0: i made this two piece i went to, after work i went to this fabric shop in shoreditch and i got some scuba fabric and i made this white two piece and I I absolutely loved the K-Label white two-piece, but at that time I couldn't afford it. So I was like, okay, cool. Why not do like a little dupe? Sorry, Carice, if you ever hear this. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I made the white two-piece and people really liked it. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, I, I literally just, like, I'd sewn it up the night before to go out. And then I started making other bits. I for I think for Summer Walker's concert, I made a scuba all-in-one with a zip.
1: Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I made that during the day because I I'd literally had nothing to wear, and people really really liked that. So I was like, oh, I might be onto something here. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, you might be talented. <laughs> <laughs> and then from that point on, anything that I had made, I was literally just throwing it out to social media.
1: Got it.
0: So I think I I posted a few of my outfits I asked for opinions I asked the people yeah um I got some quite good feedback um and then people were like oh how much is this like I would I would pay and I was like really this is the imposter syndrome like full full force so yeah and then so basically from that feedback it sort of gave me the confidence to be like oh okay so there might be something here and I'm someone that I, I take risks, but I don't take calculated risks. So I will literally do something on a whim, okay. and see how it goes later. It's I've become less of that person now because when business is, is involved, you definitely need to be calculated to, a, to a degree. You mm-hmm. can't just keep doing things on a whim. Otherwise, you're going to lose money and you're going to you're just going to lose your way. But yeah, after getting some feedback, I, I started thinking about the brand name. And I came up with some really dodgy names. (laughs) Yeah, I I think I was stuck on that for about, say for about two, three weeks of just different designs of the logo and different brand names. And then one day I was hosting a dating event for Mm -hmm. a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. And my co-host was like, why don't you just use your Instagram name? Oh. I was
1: like, oh, that is a shout yeah I was saying it I was like oh Mina Novsky it sounds so nice as well it's literally perfect thank thank
0: you I was like oh but like Mina that's my name and then Novsky is my dad's nickname for me
1: yeah
0: so I was like oh I don't hmm Mina Novsky Mina Novsky and then I went home and I'd spent hours on Canva just looking at different fonts and I found my font and I was like, wow, this is actually it. I spoke to my dad and he was like, oh, wow, this sounds great. <laughs> 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 and, um, yeah, so from there, I just, everything sort of clicks. I feel like if people feel like, oh, this is taking forever or, but, but there, there's going to be a day when it all just clicks. Definitely. And that definitely happened for me. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is this is it. This is the name.
1: Yeah.
0: It's got longevity. Um, well I feel like like I feel like in thirty years you could still say, Oh no, I got it from either Novsky or Milanovsky. So that's what that's one of the things that I was quite happy about. And then yeah, I guess the rest is history or present day now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. So then let's see. So from there I think he created is it the pink ruffle top? i'm thinking about was that like the first proper product for you the pink ruffle dress was the first
0: product for me yeah um that i made that by accident (laughs) literally i one day i walked into the fabric shop and i was looking i was looking i felt so demotivated Mm. and there was no inspiration at all then i saw the pink fabric i said oh this is nice all i wanted to do was make a A low square line dress with long sleeves. Yeah, a nice mini dress. And I had made the shoulders too short. I see. To go up onto my actual shoulders. Yeah. So it just fell off. And then when it fell off, I was like, (laughs) oh, this is cute. (laughs) So yeah, the dress was my
1: first major product I'd say okay. or item, I don't know and you turned that into a top later on didn't you? Yeah, yeah. that was also a whim like half the time
0: I have no idea what I'm doing <laughs> I swear to God half the time I honestly have no idea what I'm doing I literally just follow God and whatever he shows me and whatever He wherever he guides me I just do it and it's got a little bit of planning but the top and the dress were definitely
1: whims but not completely yeah i always find that the best things are always unplanned mhm you know and it's not by coincidence that it works for you It um, <laughs> definitely went quite uh popular on social media as well which is amazing um and how what were the emotions so you've got your first Product, which was the dress, and you're, you know, about to publish it live on your website, and obviously you're anticipating orders, but then you never know because it's very scary. But how were you feeling at that stage, and then at the point where you had sold out, and yeah, what were the emotions like?
0: I can't lie, the biggest roller coaster of my life. Like, yeah, I went to law school. That beats the, it beats the human out of you, but this. When I, so I was so scared to upload anything to my, um, on my website, um, because I, I was launching during the pandemic or like the beginning of the pandemic, essentially. Yeah. Cause I was supposed to, I was supposed to launch, uh, I think the end of March. Yeah. End of March. A few days before that lockdown was announced. Fabric shops had closed. And yeah, I, obviously I'm throwing myself into this new brand new business and the unthinkable happened. I I wanted to cry and I wanted to completely close down my business. That's first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Like I really thought that, oh my gosh, God, is this, is this really what you're doing to me? All this, all this hard work and it's going to get thrown away because of a pandemic. Like, Of all things to happen. So I was definitely upset. I I think I cried for about a week. So what was it that made you
1: still push through?
0: Honestly, you. Oh. (laughs) So back when we had the masterclass, the initial one. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really ready to launch until I'd gone to your masterclass. And then from there, I sort of had, I had your masterclass in the back of my head because... You you were just said a few motivational things and it's like right now the worst has happened. And it's like what's what really the worst that could happen is I just delay my launch. But it was it was literally because you had I think I was scrolling through the books that you had given us and it had a list of fabric shops that were online. Oh yeah. So I started looking through each of them. And I found my fabric. Wow. (laughs) Honestly, I found my fabric and I was like, no, no, no. So I ordered a sample. I said, no, this, this, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. (laughs) They have my fabric. It was more expensive online, which is fine, but I didn't care because it was there. So, yeah, I, I went from crying for a week to being really, really happy that I've got my fabric. And then... Like the fact that I wasn't expecting any sales because I don't, the thing with social media, it's great for exposure, but people are liars. Yes. People are like, oh my God, I'm going to get this. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get this. Anyone that is, that is, that has got a brand or that, that is planning to launch, don't believe them because you will be, you're setting yourself up for heartbreak.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know if it's, if that's harsh to say, but
1: it's true because people are liars. Yeah, um, everyone's like, I'm going to buy it. I've even said it to, to people. Like, I'm going to so buy it. I, <laughs> so will I, and here I am, garmentless.
0: <laughs> because sometimes it just gets like that. But what I do appreciate is the fact that people actually say that and they're expressing interest. Yeah. So, I mean, it works in terms of exposure, but don't... Like I was really heartbroken when certain people said they would buy it. And I was like, but you didn't buy it, Mm. (laughs) which is fine. I was really anxious about getting purchases because I just wasn't sure. But on the day I launched, I think I must have, I honestly can't remember, but I think I sold
1: out within a week or two. That's amazing. I couldn't believe it that is amazing like and I was so
0: cautious about the price as well Mm
1: -hmm.
0: because I was thinking oh people might not pay that much but then but but then on the other hand I was like I hand make these so I'm sitting on my sewing machine for ages so I think like the pricing makes sense but obviously you're always going to be worried about that people are going to buy it but one thing I've definitely learned is that your customer is out there and people will buy it for the price that you set it at mm-hmm. fast fashion has just poisoned everybody but that's the topic for uh that's the topic of conversation for another day another
1: day we'll talk about <laughs> why your dress is 20 pounds and why you should be Stop. concerned about that <laughs>
0: Dress £5.50 on the sale. Oh,
1: Ooh. fantastic. The seams just only got a pound. <laughs> so they didn't get a pound. You're forgetting that. There's logistics, there's packaging and all that kind of stuff. they got 10p. Like, that's well, not even well, a that's joke. they got 10p.
0: That's but really it. And won't the tide be. I ever, ever, ever pay myself 10p. No way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no but, way. Um,
0: yeah, the, my feelings were up and down before launch. When I had launched, they were really no like I was sitting so I get the notifications through my phone I've switched them off now because I just work and check them every morning but I was just sitting on my phone just waiting for a notification to pop up and I would dance whenever I got an order honestly it was the cutest thing for me because I like law is really hard and I salute everyone out there that is now a qualified solicitor or on the route to being a qualified solicitor because that route is so harsh. And I don't think my, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I don't have the tenacity for it, but I felt more heartbreak or I felt more upset with this brand than I did with the law route. So it's insane the toll that might even speak in English.
1: No, it makes complete sense because with law you have a path that is given to you and you go and you know you go and do it um, you take the steps you tick things off but with your brand like you birthed it there was no blueprint yeah like you came to the workshops earlier and you can mm-hmm. read whatever books whatever but everyone's path is so different and 100%. you start from scratch you know you literally um, had a situation where you basically just didn't want to pay the tailor however much they're quoting you, and you went and right. did it yourself because from the conversation we've had so far, you're extremely resourceful. And then you're you're going out, you're making your own pieces, people are liking it, and then you decide you're gonna have a brand and make it official. Like yeah. th- there's no blueprint for that. It's literally just by I don't know, it just it's happens. Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're you're constantly learning. Like even now as we have this conversation, there's gonna be people that are right 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 at the beginning or just have a concept mm-hmm. and they're probably thinking wow like how did you do that just got it all together but even now you're still learning and still trying to like figure things out same with me as well so
0: yeah. I'd be yeah. I'd be an absolute fool if I said oh no like I'm I'm really <laughs> confident in this like I I know everything there is to know I have no idea No, like even till now like before we started I'm still trying to figure out trouser patterns.
1: Yeah.
0: Like I'm, I'm really still trying to figure out how darts work. I'm still trying to figure out how to use certain tools. I'm still trying to figure out how to sew zips on properly. Like it's been a huge process, but I've loved every part of it because it's really shown that you, whatever you put your mind to, you can do it. Yeah, I haven't, tu- I hadn't touched a sewing machine since year eight. I've only been sewing for just over a year now.
1: And what were you using to teach you how to do Did you watch YouTube tutorials? Or did you buy books? Or what was the most valuable um, tool for you, at least? YouTube. Okay. I agree.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I bought a book and it's still sitting on the shelf, catching dust. <laughs> um, I think because, not even I think, because of law school, I hate books. <laughs> I absolutely can't stand them. And... It's upsetting because I used to love reading. Yeah, yeah. YouTube was my biggest, 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 biggest platform for learning. Kim Dave, top notch. Oh,
1: she's amazing. Isn't <laughs> that she to Kim Dave. <laughs> she's absolutely amazing.
0: Honestly, and she's so clear with how she explains things. And yeah, yeah she she's phenomenal. Watching her videos has been amazing um and just really watching different types of techniques as well because not everything is going to work for you yeah and yeah no YouTube was a really a big one yeah and just using I don't know try like with certain items I will try and reverse engineer it yeah
1: but that uh, that's quite difficult but yeah I'm still out here I'm trying I'm trying That's amazing. And I think um, for the people listening, the main thing here is obviously number one, be resourceful. And I think I did an Instagram post about qualities of successful fashion designers. You know, yes, sometimes you do need to ask for help, but you Google before you ask and um, Mm -hmm. you figure it out. Um, You've mentioned a few times where you've you've been stuck, but you're able Mm -hmm. to just find a way. Like you said that the K-label's two-piece, you know you have to be resourceful and you have to go and figure out your own one you know so that's a really really good thing to have that kind of quality so what do you think has been your biggest challenge that you've encountered so far in your journey
0: I honestly hmm to begin with it was the pandemic yeah because that it set set me back about a month but it didn't it didn't stop the orders which I'm so so grateful for I think my challenge, or to be fair, my organisation, it has always been, I wouldn't say a problem for me, because I am organised, but I need to know when to say stop. Okay. So I, I could wake up at, what, 9, 10 and work to, like, 1 in the morning. Like, yeah, OK, I'm doing loads of work, but I'm forgetting that I'm a human being. I need to rest. Sometimes things won't turn out nicely because you are shattered
1: yes (laughs)
0: Mm. to begin with yeah my biggest challenge was the pandemic um even now I'm still a bit weary about putting stuff out there but then I just look at my audience and I use my audience as a reminder that people will still buy because people in the US I mean some of them aren't really lockdowning um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> even in the UK
1: are we really locked downing like you know like really and truly even in the UK like I think we're just trying not to get caught by the police I think that's really it <laughs> this is it
0: this is it what they don't what they don't know won't hurt them and sorry I it's whatever but um yeah like I just have a look at my audience and I just look at what I've previously done and if I've sold out during the height of
1: a pandemic I'll be fine when lockdown measures loosen definitely definitely this is a conversation I've been having with friends like no. a pandemic is the worst thing that can happen for any anybody in general, but definitely any business owner um and If you're able to survive this and it doesn't even mean that you have to like sell out or whatever but just to get through this, then you can get through anything because these are mm-hmm. uncertain times, and maybe there isn't that much of a struggle per se in you surviving, but it just shows that your product is liked and appreciated, and people want it, so at least that gives you some confidence. And even if it is a bit of a struggle, even if it is a bit tough, at least you can see that you've got the resilience and the perseverance to be able to push through that. Either way, it's character building and it builds your confidence. So 100% on the character building. Definitely. So, yeah, it makes sense. So how do you generally overcome those feelings of fear, obviously with the the pandemic or... Mm or even when um, you're tired and just because I can understand that feeling of being tired um, yeah. especially when you're making all the pieces so how yeah how do you work with that
0: I'm gonna be so honest I sleep <laughs> <laughs> like there have been times where and okay so I feel like it's really really important to be as transparent as possible because I'm not a flipping superwoman sometimes so I, I will do my um orders on a pre-order basis now that gives me about a month to do the orders I I could do the first quarter in about a few days okay and then this overwhelming feeling of anxiety and and tiredness it will just completely overtake my body I'll shut down and then I'll do the rest in like the last two weeks or like the last week but dealing with the tiredness when my body doesn't want to do anything I don't do anything and no one can make me do anything I've definitely learned from previous experience um when I've pushed my body too far and then I shut down completely and the last thing that I ever want to do is disappoint my customers but yeah I try to I do actually I started going for walks they really really helped especially with my tiredness I should probably start doing it again but it's cold right now so and it gets dark quite quickly. Yeah, going for walks has really helped. I try to get up early, but my body just doesn't. It doesn't let me do it. <laughs> no matter how early I go to bed, so I could go to bed at ten and wake up at ten or eleven and still feel tired.
1: Yeah, I think especially with um, like with it being winter, it mm-hmm. doesn't help. <laughs> you just want to be in mm-hmm. bed. Hundred <laughs> percent. Mm-hmm, like
0: I, I'll have days where I'll do my admin from bed the whole day. Because getting out is just
1: such a chore. Yeah. I I love that transparency because, I mean, you know how I am. I'm very much like get up and go. Mm-hmm. Active, da, da, da. But I'll be lying if I said every single day was like that. There are mornings where I can't be bothered. I really can't be bothered. But I'm an early riser naturally. So I'll at least well, grab my laptop and do like any work I can do on my laptop from my bed. <laughs> and then I'm up, shower, And I'll go and do the hard work (laughs) later on. So, no, it's completely normal. And I think it's unfair to make it look as if it's always possible to be, like, super, super switched on, balanced.
0: Oh, definitely. I
1: I, I think it's possible. But if we're being realistic, it's not easy. Um, But what matters is that you're trying and you're doing work. I think the issue is when you're not doing anything but wanting something to happen. This is it. And... I was a bit, mm, I'd say
0: I was a bit like that, um, in the sense, but I'm saying that because I'm doing nothing and I'm expecting five dresses to be made by the end of this week. And it's Thursday, like, what am I on? (laughs) So, but like my working hours, the business, well, actually no. So my working hours are honestly from whenever I can wake up, up until whenever. So essentially it is 24 hours. But when people contact me, I say that there's a two to three day wait. But really and truly, I'll respond. Well, I try to respond within the nine to five because it's everyone's working hour. But also, I don't really want to have to respond to emails at 8pm. Of course, yeah. Um, But yeah, I don't ever want people to feel they need to be up at the crack of dawn to to start their working day. I would love to be that person. (laughs) And some days I am. Some days I'll get up at six randomly and I'll be like, oh I'll put the kettle on have a bit of <laughs> breakfast. I shower, I start my work, I plan my day, and by three o'clock I've done everything that needs to be done and I can just chill and watch Netflix. <laughs> and then other days I'll wake up at twelve completely like shattered. I would have probably went to bed at what? One? Yeah. Went to bed at one, get up at twelve, completely shattered. I won't I probably won't eat for the whole day. And then I'll I'll work during the night. So it really is hit and miss. But in my more busier periods I definitely have a lot more structure yeah because of what needs to be done
1: yeah and I think that is just the reality especially when you have a -hmm. a business like not everything is going to be smooth it's not going to be as structured Mm -hmm. as like a nine to five or something you really try and figure it out but I think the good thing about having a business or like having the time to work on your um your own brand for like a day or full time whatever is that you're able to work around the way you work best so for me like I'm a morning person and I can work in the evening but Mm -hmm. the time in the afternoon I'm tired like because I've woken up so early as well I'm so tired I'm not as productive um Mm -hmm. so I'm either literally chilling or like playing sims or yeah. I can have a podcast interview. I can do that. Like this is happening at three p.m. on a Friday, but yeah. that's because I can I can talk, but I can't actually go and like write a book or something at this time. Like I, my brain is just not there. But mm-hmm. once it's six p.m., I can definitely like go home or go to starbucks and like bring out the laptop and start working on on something you know and i can do that till like midnight if i really wanted to so Mm -hmm. it's understanding how you work best um yeah there is like science that proves certain ways are more effective or whatever but then what is the point if you're not actually getting anything done because it feels like such a chore and you're just not like aligned with it naturally yeah and you know your own body anyway so exactly sometimes yeah yeah for science and sometimes just listen to your own body (laughs) literally no it's true and I think overall it's just kind of figuring out what works for you like you don't have to adopt everything you listen to it's really just saying okay that was interesting but not for me and Mm -hmm. finding what is for you definitely I think it's good also to get different perspectives as well so that
0: you know that there isn't just one way of doing things
1: exactly Cool. So you mentioned that you work on a pre-order system and I'm Mm -hmm. just kind of interested in how that works for you. If you don't mind explaining to the audience how you set up a pre-order system, what that would include, like the kind of communication you'd have to have with your customers... If you've had any issues and how you've had to overcome that. So essentially, before I put a
0: product on the website, obviously it's advertised and whatnot, I do say that there is a pre-order. It will be open for pre-order at a certain time. And then on the actual product description page, I will put when it will be shipped out. So it could be the week, beginning of whatever month. I personally have had zero problems with pre-orders. But I also think that's because of how clear I am with my customers. I say when it will be shipped. I must say for the black uh, bits that I just launched, I wasn't too clear. But I think I got like one or two queries. But that was just out of pure laziness. Don't do that. <laughs> but yeah, the, my pre-order system. I think I think it works really well for me. I have time to sew. I have time to get any bits and bobs. I well, I have the money also, uh, especially with. Launching initially, I had the money to to get my labels, buy the fabric, uh, buy any bits of thread that I needed. My pre-order um, process has actually been really, really smooth. Um, I had one lady from America ask that it would get to hers before the 28th. And because I shipped with DHL, I had sent it already. So I think she got it on like the 24th or the 25th. I haven't had any problems, and
1: really
0: good. I'm so grateful to God that I don't have any problems with the pre-order system because I've heard horror stories.
1: Yeah,
0: like I, I've heard people deal with a f- like a few nasty not not only nasty customers, but the business hasn't exactly responded in the best way. Communication is key. We're definitely in an age where anything that goes wrong with your business is sort of automatically aired on social media. And I hate that.
1: Yep. Cancer culture, shame culture.
0: Like, I, y'all need to stop. Like, it's awful you wouldn't do that with Nike, you wouldn't do that with um, Stella McCartney, you wouldn't do that with Issa Laurent. like, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't say, oh, um, my pre-order has arrived yet, people send emails.
1: Yeah,
0: simple. Yeah, and I definitely think it's
1: because the businesses that are out there,
0: they're doing so well, but they're by people that we sort of know. Yeah, there's that familiarity with,
1: Exactly. And
0: that and I always say, and my dad always says, familiar familiarity breeds disrespect. Yeah. And people always, almost always feel like because they sort of know you, they sort of can sort of like put you down.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's like we're supposed to be building each other up, we're supposed to be bigging each other up, like, you know, if you have a problem. The email is there why must you air it on social media there's honestly no need but anyway i'm not for all that loud uh shading stuff i'm probably not for it
1: yeah it's really it's really sad (laughs) it's really toxic um and i think at the end of the day people are waiting for you to slip up um but ultimately it is something that is it's a a them problem Mm -hmm. they are not happy that you're progressing in life um they are not progressing in life. And now that's your issue. (laughs) So they literally find anything that they can pick on just to make Mm -hmm. themselves feel better. But it's temporary because when you go to bed at night, you're gonna be thinking about your own issues. So it doesn't make any sense. Unfortunately, that's that's how it is. I wanted to ask you, so with the pre-order system, um, when you release the products to sell, Mm -hmm. um, do you have a period of time that you have them live on the website or do you just wait till they're sold out? Or is it, like, nearly similar to made to order, where when you order, there's just a certain period of time to when it will be ready? Like, how would that work? So, it's funny that you've asked that, because
0: I have never had, like, a set period of when the pre-orders open. Okay. And funnily, actually, no, I only did that for the recent black collection, because I saw that I may have been a bit stressed out when I got an order, a week or maybe not even a week a few days before they were supposed to get shipped out mm. so um, for the first launch I didn't actually say when the pre-orders would be closed or if you, pre- if you ordered after a certain point your, um, your item would be under the regular shipping circumstances yeah that was probably that's really just a, me not really looking into the detail which is
1: strange No, it's just, yeah, I was just wondering, because you said that you put on the website, like, when they should expect it. So, like you said, if you have a, a, you know, a customer who buys it two days or so before um, Mm -hmm. the date on the website, it can give you a little bit of stress because you're like, oh, I need to go get fabric and da-da-da. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I was just wondering. But, yeah, it's good to kind of think about, and I guess if anybody's listening. But I think, though, in general, especially in the beginning, you can't always predict what the outcome will be. Um but as you grow and the brand becomes more popular, then you'll know, okay, like this is the amount of sales we can get, let's mm-hmm. have it open for one week. And then you know that you can comfortably make however many you need to make, you know, within mm-hmm. the month or however long you give them. So where do you hope to see your brand within the next few years? Like what's the plans or even just next year, because you know, this pandemic, I don't even know about you, but I'm not planning that far ahead anymore. Yeah, same. I honestly I don't
0: know what to tell you. Um But what would be the dream? President? The dream, okay. The dream would be to be on do you know what I don't actually know you know because I don't oh god I'm gonna get like shunned by the fashion um by the fashion committee but I don't <laughs> care for London Fashion Week me too Week. like I couldn't give two hoots <laughs> Like I, I really don't care like you guys can do whatever you want do to it, do I've never cared yeah. so I don't for me, personally, I just want to make women feel amazing. Like, that's all I'm interested in. I'm not interested in in doing numbers. Like, yeah, of course it would be nice because it's my livelihood, but like, I'm not in it for the numbers. I want to make women feel, like I said, beautiful. I want them to, to, to wear whatever they want to wear. I want my name to I want my name to ring through people's ears because I'm doing what I set out to do, and that's to make women feel confident.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, my sizes go from extra small, sometimes extra, extra small, to triple X. Yeah, so I i had a, I had a look at some brands, and I, I saw that they only catered to the average sizes, so, like, small to large. Mm-hmm. And people don't realise that there is a market for the really small sizes and the bigger sizes. Yeah, and people aren't realising that it's not just the women that are size 8 to 12 that that, that are confident in their bodies That's there true. are a lot of women out there that are so confident in their bodies and sometimes the clothes aren't there to match, it's like with tall people Like I try to cater to tall people as well
1: mm-hmm.
0: so um, Jade, she's got um, her brand, Rosanna London, London. Yeah. Yeah. and she ordered a top of mine and she asked me to put uh, just a couple of inches and I was more than happy to do that because It like she says she loved the top and she she liked how like she was able to feel good in it because she didn't feel awkward about the sleeve length. Yeah, but yeah, where I see myself, I just Mininovsky. It's gonna you're gonna see it everywhere, but you're not gonna see it at London Fashion Week or (laughs) Milan Fashion Week or Paris Fashion Week because I don't care.
1: (laughs) I think it's one of those brands where it's like if you know, you know. Yeah, Um,
0: and I'm not really one for. Well, like I'm, I don't care f- for validation from the, let's say, the higher ups of the fashion, the fashion world. Yeah, I just, I'm really here for the modern day woman, and the modern day woman isn't Anna Wintour. I mean, I love her, but she's not.
1: It's true. It's true.
0: Things so are like... Changed. Yeah. So it would be lovely to be like. It's nice getting features and stuff in magazines in in music videos and stuff like that but really to me my 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 customer matters and how my customer feels matters and yeah it's just I just want to see myself being
1: I don't know (laughs) like I just yeah I just want to make women feel feel good feel sexy you know I think that's a a great motivation to have definitely and there is no better feeling than knowing that someone feels so good in your pieces and you've made them by yourself so it's such a fulfilling uh, yeah, nice. mm-hmm. yeah amazing thank you for sharing that so do you have any books yeah. podcasts, or self development content that you could recommend for the audience um so
0: you guys might have heard but I hate reading yeah now <laughs> anyway however 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 I have picked up some books that I've been recommend that have been recommended to me but honestly I haven't really started reading them so <laughs> But based on recommendations, Shoe Dog. Um, I think it's Phil Knight. Yep. I like The Secret. Okay. I'm very big on words of affirmation um, and just really telling yourself that you're great. Because I definitely feel like believing gives you that confidence and and it pushes you to to really um, just believe in yourself podcast i actually listened to a snippet of um yours and rakia's um episode and i loved it so i'm definitely going to listen more to mm-hmm. the entries podcasts so you guys better listen to it more because it's very insightful um
1: Absolutely. and self-development i don't, hmm. or I don't just know, in general just anything that you use to inspire you even if it's not necessarily like Self development wise, but it could be fashion inspiration, mm. anything that just makes you feel like, yeah, let me let me go and like smash and day. You know what? At the outside world,
0: yeah. and what's been so annoying is that we've been cooked up at home this whole time. Yeah. So, like, I love I love looking at nature. I love the way like the contours and the lines of just outside. Yeah, and I think I'm I'm very inspired by anything really like i could be watching i could be watching a tv show and i like how the dress sits on someone or i like how i I, I like the colors that they've used like i was watching desmond's the other day Mm. and um oh what's the daughter's name yes that's it gloria (laughs) so her when she got a bit older her fashion sense was amazing yeah like I love, I loved all her outfits, like just TV shows, like they inspire me and looking at old catwalks, um, Todd Oldham, he has some very iconic, um, looks and even like Versace's old stuff. I like anything really. Like my wardrobe is full of anything. Like I'll cut up bits of my clothing. Mm-hmm. And stick them together and see what I get from that. I mean, yeah, I lose out clothes, but I've got a new sort of
1: outfit.
0: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, yeah, like, my inspiration comes a lot from my mum as well. Um, she was a real big fashionista back in her day.
1: Lovely. And
0: it's still now, sort of.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So Good where on. can our audience find you find your brand um yeah where can we reach you so uh minanovsky
0: is the instagram name um and then we're on twitter as well but our audience is definitely on instagram i think twitter is just there just to I don't know if people need uh, need DMs answering or just yeah just general questions because I know some some people don't really like emailing which is absolutely fine. <laughs> the website is www.minanovsky.com. We currently have nothing on there because all the fabric is done. Personal is yao.mina and that is on my Instagram.
1: Amazing. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Thank you, Rebecca. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and gained a lot of valuable knowledge to help you with your fashion business or career. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review, subscribe and share it with somebody you feel will benefit from this. As always, it's been a pleasure. See you next week. Bye.